Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. But what if I fail? This is one of the questions that I get asked or I hear mothers asking over and over again in regards to their home birth experience. You know, this idea of failure. What if I fail? What if something happens that I wasn't expecting? What does that, how will that impact me in terms of my home birth? And sometimes this question of failure, but what if I fail, is the thing that really prevents us from stepping into the responsibility and the um, the joy of preparing for our home birth experience. But what if I fail? And so today, what I want to do is talk about this, this question and this concern and then give us three ways to overcome these home birth fears. Um, so anyway, let's let's go ahead and talk about this this concept and think about why this may be happening. Um, why are we so concerned about this idea of failure? Well, if we think about our current society and if we think about the way that the people around us are viewing birth and talking about birth, is it positive? Like, is it super joyful? Or if you tell someone, hey, I'm having a home birth, are you more often than not met with, oh my gosh, what? What, you're having a home birth? You know, like that's number one, that's negligent. Number two, what happens if something goes wrong? And there's almost this underlying, it seems sometimes, there's almost this underlying desire from the other person for you to change your mind, to be scared out of what you're doing or with hopes that maybe you will go to the hospital instead. And so these voices in our head, even if we are super determined to give birth at home, like many of us mothers are who have chosen this path, even if we are super determined, there are still these voices in our head of failure. What happens if I fail? What are other people going to think of me if I fail? How are other people going to perceive this if I fail? Obviously, we're going to talk about this, but the idea of failure, what does that even mean? So I want to know if this is something that you've experienced. Have you had people in your life kind of project, (laughs) project their fears, project this idea of failure onto you? If so, put a yes in the comments or explain that further. I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love to hear if that's something that you've experienced. And I'd love to know if it did make you question like, oh, is this, is this really right for me? Um, is this, is this actually a good idea? Um, yeah. So, all right, good. I'm glad that this is resonating because I know that even though I am super confident in my decision to give birth at home, sometimes when you're met with this over and over and over sense from the outside that what you're doing is, is not good and it could end in failure. It could end in disaster. That can be discomforting, discombobulating. Um, it can it can allow us it can allow fear an entry point if that makes sense. 
So here's what we're going to do. We're gonna talk about these three ways to overcome your home birth fears. If you know that your desire is a home birth, but you've got this concern about failure, what if I fail in your head? I'm going to give us three ways to discuss how can we eliminate this? How can we eliminate these concerns? So number one is going to be stop letting fear drive the bus. Stop letting fear drive the bus. In your home birth, in your birth experience, there is only room for one person to drive the bus. Is it going to be you or is it going to be your fears? Who's going to be the one that's in charge of this? If we let our fears drive the bus, I'm going to tell you, I don't think that they have a license. <laughs> like they're not very good drivers. It's not, it's not going to be a good situation. Your fear is going to drive you and the decisions that we make when we are in a state of fear are not the same decisions that we make when we're not in a state of fear. When we feel calm, when we feel subdued, when we feel comfortable. If I'm in a fearful state, my uh, adrenaline is pumping, I'm nervous, I'm worried, I am more apt to act quickly and without thought versus if I am allowing my conscious mind <laughs> to make decisions. One way that I really love to think about this and one way that, that I know helps me is to think biblically, to think of scripture and meditate on scripture in terms of fear. And what does scripture say about fear? In 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power love, and self-discipline. Who do you want driving the bus? If you're experiencing this fear over something that you are preparing for, that you are taking very seriously, if you're experiencing fear, where is that coming from? Because God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. I would much prefer to enter my home birthing experience feeling power and love and self-discipline than allowing my fear to drive the bus. Does anybody agree with this? Is this, is this ringing any bells? Is this feeling right? Like, oh yeah, that's right. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. So where is this fear coming from? Who am I going to allow to drive the bus of my birth experience? Who am I going to allow to drive my mindset? <laughs> Carrie says yeppers. Good, good, Carrie. I'm so glad. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing, another piece of scripture that really stands out to me in regard to this is Matthew 6, 27, where Jesus himself says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Can you, if you are sitting here, worried, what's going to happen? How's it gonna happen? What are people going to say about me if I fail? Are you gonna add a single hour to your life? Are you going to add a single joyful moment to your life by concerning yourself with what, especially what other people think? With especially this idea of what if I fail and other people see me fail? What if I fail because I had to transport to the hospital? What if my uh, what if my outcome is different than what I had wanted and desired? How will I be perceived? How will I feel, but how will I be perceived? If those things are driving the bus, we have to remember that is not, 
that, that is not how it was designed to be. And we're not adding a single hour to our life by fearing in such a way. Okay, so that is number one is stop letting fear drive the bus. And I do want to say, you may hear this and be like, okay, I hear you, Caitlin. That makes sense, but I can't help it. Like, I feel fearful. I cannot help the fact that that's who I am. That's how I feel. And part of me agrees with you. Yeah, you you may feel fearful, and I understand that. However, does that mean you have to stay fearful? No, it doesn't. You want to know the coolest thing ever? Our brains are so flexible. Just because we have, perhaps we've lived our entire lives like this. Perhaps we've lived anxious and nervous and and feeling uncertain for for so long that we think that's our personality. It's not. It's not. <laughs> uh, we weren't given a spirit of fear, remember? So, but perhaps we've we've been living with that lens on of of fear consistently. But guess what? Our brains are so adaptable. They're so malleable. And so if we have tools and techniques to rewire our brains, rewire our thoughts. If you heard my uh, conversation with uh, Greta Zukoff uh, last week on the podcast, I talked about your poo-colored glasses versus your your rose-colored glasses, like your poo-brown colored glasses. We have the ability to change our perspective. It doesn't happen overnight necessarily. We do need tools to do that. We need some um, we need some help oftentimes, uh, and that's honestly that's one of the big things that we work on inside of the Home Birth Collective is rewiring our brains, is calming and subduing our nervous system so that we are not constantly in this state of fight or flight, which allows fear in so easily. Like fight or flight state, it's so connected to fear, isn't it? So if we can allow our bodies to relax, then we can push fear out of the way, hop back up in the driver's seat and drive our home birth bus. I don't know what it is about me and buses in terms of home birth, but for some reason that's that's my go-to. So Carrie says she's printing these verses out and putting them up for labor per Fit. I'm so glad, Carrie. They're, those are two of my favorites. So that was number one. We're talking about our three ways to overcome your home birth fears, especially around this question of, but what if I fail? The second piece, and this is a really big one, we need to determine what people we're willing to gain our information from. Who are we willing to gain insight from in terms of our birth experience? I want to tell you why this gets tricky. So when we think about birth from a historical perspective, where would we go to gain information about birth? We'd probably go to our family, right? You'd probably go to your mom, probably talk to your older sister, your aunts, your cousins. You probably would have seen them giving birth before you ever did. So what is really built into our psyche is this desire to connect, this desire to connect with feminine figures in our life particularly our family, right? About birth. It's, it's good. It's intrinsic. It's, it's what we should be doing. Here's the problem. Is our society set up in the same way that it was previously? No. Unfortunately, now at this point, going to those very people, our mothers, our sisters, our friends, our aunts, our cousins, 
those very people may be the ones that are actually instilling the fear in the first place. They may have a distorted view of birth. I like to talk about it like this. It's like looking at a mirror. These people who have possibly experienced traumatic births at the hands of the medical system without realizing it, or just have bought into the beliefs that birth is a dangerous medical event, whatever it may be, they're looking at this this ornate, beautiful mirror that, that is birth, and yet somebody's just taken a hammer to it and they've just bashed it, bashed it to where it's it's unrecognizable. They can't see what it really is because there are just shards everywhere. It's broken, it's cracked, it looks awful the way that it is. But that's not the right, it's not reality, right? That's not what it actually looks like. Their perception of it is just wrong. It's just off. So what happens is we are seeking validity. We are seeking support and comfort. We go to these people that are traditionally the people we should go to, to speak to about birth. We tell them, you know, I'm having a home birth or I'm looking support for support. I, I'm desiring comfort. I, I want to hear stories of how birth is. And what are we getting? It's a lot of times not good information. It's a lot of times not a joyful, oh, you're having a home birth. That's so amazing. I'm so proud of you. This is incredible. You know, your body was designed to do this, right? It's not that, is it? No, no. Usually those are, or oftentimes those are the very people who are saying, are you kidding me? You're giving birth at home. Like that's so negligent. That's so dangerous. But what happens if this and that, and then that, and then those little ideas of failure come creeping into our minds. So what we've got to consider as home birth moms, you know, we are dedicated to giving birth at home, but those fears can still, they can still embed themselves pretty deeply, which causes additional work for us to do. So what do we have to decide? We have to to decide where am I getting my information? Who am I looking to for resources, for support, for education? Where we used to be able to look to our family, most of us, at this point are unable to do that. There are some families who have been giving birth at home consistently. They, you know, and and you can talk to your mom and how amazing is that? But here's my goal. Right now, the Home Birth Collective, I like to think of it as a bridge. So this is the way that birth used to be. You know, it used to be that we went to our families. It used to be that we asked our families questions that they uh, assuaged our fears. Like they were the ones that that supported us and prepared us for this uh, this ability to give birth at home because that's where everybody gave birth. Now we're in this transition period where those people that we should be able to go to, we can't, but we need support still. So we've got to rely on our own generation. We've got to create our own communities. We have to support one another who are walking through this together. That's what we do inside of the Home Birth Collective. We have a very aligned, I mean, we make sure that these moms are are super qualified, super aligned in their vision and their goals. Um, So a very aligned group of mothers, that's a small group, it's intimate, we get to know one another. We deeply care and deeply support one another. Um, When moms ask questions, it's not just me providing an answer. There are so many other moms who 
are also providing answers and providing their perspective and thoughts. So there's this supportive group around us. That's amazing. That is, it's been so incredible and so enjoyable to watch, but, but here's the thing. It doesn't end there. That's not my end goal. I don't want to be a childbirth coach. Uh, I don't want to be creating this curriculum forever because my goal is to make my job obsolete. By the time my daughter is giving birth, I want the culture of birth to have changed so significantly that there's no need for childbirth education because, oh, well, mom gave birth at home and so did my sister and so did, you know, my cousin. And so they are the community and we're reestablishing the community. So many moms that I speak to have this, this desire to break generational curses. I hear it over and over and over again. I want to break these generational curses. I am so tired of the fear. I'm so tired of the negativity. I don't want that for my family and for my children. Well, guess what? This is what we're doing. <laughs> That's exactly it. We are breaking these curses, breaking these negative, untrue <laughs> beliefs about what our bodies were designed to do, whether or not we're actually capable. Spoiler alert, we were designed to be capable. You know, we're breaking all of that. So that's where we are. So then what that means is, like I said, we're a bridge. So we used to be a certain way. It's broken. We've built this bridge across and guess what? We're getting back to where we were designed to be. So that now as your daughters, as your sons too, are growing up, they have a very, very awe-inspired view of birth. They're not scared of it. They don't think that it's a medical event. They don't think... Um, I, you know, I can't do it or my wife can't do it. Like we definitely need a doctor to do it for us. No, they know that they were designed to do this. They know that this is a beautiful transformative event and they will be able to come to you who did this work, who made this investment, put forth this effort. They get to come to you. They get to trust you. You've had the experience. You know the truth and you get to share that with them. I mean, how incredible is that? It's, it lights me up just to think, you know what? My daughters get to come to me. They don't have to go ask somebody else. They don't, they can, they can go seek stories and hear other experiences, but they don't have to because they have me and, and I experienced it. I know what it's like. So that's number two is that we need to determine what people we are willing to gain our information from. So Instead of seeking these outside opinions that it used to be typical, we would go to our family. Instead, we've got to find an aligned community that we can plug into. You know, choosing to give birth at home can be extremely isolating. It can feel so isolating when we don't have family members. We don't have friends who have given birth at home. So making sure that we are plugging into a group and gaining support because that is psychologically it, like I said, it's built into us. We were designed to seek out this support. Birth is a rite of passage. So it was kind of a big deal, guys. Like it was kind of a societal huge deal. It was exciting. It was amazing. Mothers were built up. They were taught, this is who you're becoming. This is amazing. You're this way now. You're a maiden. And now you're going to be a mother. And it's going to be this incredible transformation. Here's what you can expect. There was a lot of buildup to this experience. And now, what, we've got a baby shower? Like, 
not exactly the same thing. So that's what we need to reestablish. And that is certainly what we're reestablishing inside of the Home Birth Collective. And that takes care of that number two, determining where you're willing to gain your information from. And then our final one is realizing, this is number three. So we had stop letting fear drive the bus, determine the people you're willing to gain information from. And number three, realize that failure has far less to do with outcomes than it does your mindset, than it does your surroundings. Now, this is kind of what I mentioned earlier, this idea of, okay, well, well, how do I fix that? Well, I understand, like I totally understand. When we look at society, we are told that, you know, we, we are told to expect failure if we give birth at home. We're told what failure actually looks like. But what I'm here to say is that honestly, failure is only present if we are unable to, number one, feel autonomous, feel that we have choice, and number two, if we're unable to integrate our experience. So when we think about it this way, my, when I think about it this way, as I mean, I'm planning to give birth for the third time. What if I fail? To me, I think about the fact that, well, wait, don't I get to choose that? <laughs> like, don't I get to determine what is failure and what is success? Yeah, I get to choose that. I get to be the one that, that is in charge of that. Do I need to worry about what my Aunt Becky thinks about my home birth? No, I don't, I don't have to care because guess what? Aunt Becky's not raising my kids. Aunt Becky's not giving birth to this child. Aunt Becky was not ordained by God to shepherd this child. So when it comes to failure, I am not worried so much about what the specific outcome is because here's the real truth. And sometimes we, we want to dance around this. Uh, we have, we live in a very sanitized society. We don't like to talk about anything bad ever happening bad things happen. Bad things happen. You, If you walk out your door, something, something that we don't want to happen can happen. That is the life. That is the world that we live in. But the truth is, is that that can happen whether we're at home. It can happen when we're in the hospital. It doesn't matter. Are we perceiving it as failure? Or are we, are we, are we adopting a victim mindset or are we allowing ourselves to be the hero of the story it's all up to us it's totally about perception and perspective far less than it is about the actual events right so one birth experience to one mother who has learned to create this positive perspective who has rewired her brain in such a positive way, she may have the exact situation. Let's say that two people have the exact same situation. One of them views it as, this was so empowering. This was so powerful. This was amazing. I am so transformed. I am so thrilled to be entering motherhood this way. And the same person, if she's living in a victimhood mentality and has this victim perspective, she may feel like, this was awful. This was terrible. I'm not a good mom. Like I'm not, I I don't feel good about this. So we have to decide what kind of perspective am I going to don? What kind of, how am I going to integrate my experience in a way that is truly positive and serving me, serving my family, my new baby? These are the questions that we have to ask ourselves. 
Carrie says, our bodies are still amazing no matter where we birth our babies. Yes, absolutely. They are. And, and hey, listen, I'm super happy for the hospital. When it's necessary, woo, like, thank goodness. That is so, so good. And, and sometimes it really is necessary. But why would we start our journey when we know that the, the vast majority of mothers are able to give birth physiologically? Why would we assume, oh, I'm not, I can't. I can't and it won't work and it's not good. Like it's not going to happen for me. Why why would we go into it that with that kind of mindset and that kind of perspective? I urge you and encourage you to go ahead and don that winning, victorious mindset. Start it now. But what if I fail? Well, I'm not going to fail. I win. Victory, like I I'm doing it. I win. It doesn't matter how it unfolds. Doesn't matter the exact outcomes. I choose to be the hero, not the victim. These are all topics that we discuss so in depth inside of the Home Birth Collective. Uh, You know, when I think of, it's funny, somebody filled out an application today and I I was asking like, you know, why, why do you think this is important? Why do you think having a coach and having this vast curriculum is important to you versus, you know, like a typical childbirth education class. And she said, I kind of view it as comparing the cliff notes with actually reading the book. And for my birth, I want to read the book. And I thought that was such a good analogy of like, yes, I want to read the freaking book. If I'm going to be transforming into motherhood, I want the cliff notes. Like I want to read the meat of it. I want to know the details. I want the heart change. Cliff notes are not going to change your heart. It's the deep, thick novel that's going to change you, right? And that's what that's what the Home Birth Collective is. Not even from my mouth, not even from my brain. But inside of the Home Birth Collective, it's not just about physiological birth. It, that's a huge part. Obviously, we talk about that. Obviously, we talk about coping techniques. These things are important. But what else is important? Self-knowledge, self-trust, our ability to tap into our feminine wisdom, our ability to tap into our intuition. This is vastly important and so missed. And these are the things that are so important for us to understand as we are building that bridge across, right? As we are going from where we used to have this beautiful birth community where birth was a rite of passage and we were connected to the feminine wisdom. We were connected to our intuition, to our instincts. Uh, as we're building the bridge back to that over the over the pesky waters of birth society and birth culture now, we have got to put our minds, our hearts, our spirits, and connect them back to that previous time. So that means that we've got a lot of deep digging to do. You know, we've got a lot of deprogramming to do. Even if we don't feel like we have deprogramming to do, usually it comes up. (laughs) Usually there's the realization of, oh, like I didn't realize that's what that is (laughs) as we go through. So if you are ready, if you are going to be somewhere between 12 and 28 weeks-ish on January 1st, 
this cohort is going to be perfect for you. We are, it runs from January 1st through March 24th. And it is so in-depth. It's in-depth coaching. It's so in-depth curriculum. I've got some new curriculum that I'm coming out with for this one. Um, live coaching calls, live curriculum calls. It's just, it's just so different. And if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for different, if you're looking for life change, if you're looking for transformation, this is where I want you to go apply. Go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash collective. It's going to be open. Carrie says, I can't believe you're already on cohort three. I know, I know. It's just been so powerful. And, and Carrie, yeah, Carrie was in our first cohort and it was so unbelievably deep. And I see, you know, today in our uh, alumni Facebook group, the moms are meeting up and talking. Like, these moms are still so connected. And I think that's what's so different about this. Sure, you can do it yourself. Sure, you can do a basic childbirth education class. Maybe there's a Facebook group with thousands and thousands of people, but are you actually connecting? <laughs> like, are you actually connecting to these people and forming friendships and bonds? Because this cohort, these women, they're still connected. They're having their babies. They've had their babies. They're processing their birth stories, sharing their experiences, sharing motherhood and life together now. These aligned women who have experienced so much with one another and who have been so open and vulnerable. It's priceless. I mean, I cannot, I'm so excited to be in this now <laughs> pregnant, you know, like it's super exciting to be able to go through it with you guys as well. So applications are open, myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash collective. If you have any questions, just send me a DM. I'm so happy to answer them. Um, I'm so happy to, to talk about it forever because I'm just, I'm so excited. So I will be back here on Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern uh, for our next discussion. And I can't wait to see you there. Carrie says, get on it, peeps. Um, so listen to her. I mean, she's, she's an alumni. Uh, so get on it, peeps. All right. I hope you guys have a great night and I will see you on Friday. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.